Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Thursday here on the Blogging Boys Podcast Network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. Which version of the Cowboys will we see this weekend when they take on a foe that's uh, not so imposing, Tom? Well, <laughs> let's discuss. Uh, of course, you can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB there on the Twitter sphere. You can follow me at RW3, and of course, you can follow all the great content with us at bloggingtheboys.com and by following us at Blogging the Boys on any social media platforms that you are invested in. Tom and I mostly on the Twitter sphere, I think I can say. But having said that, uh, it's an interesting week, Tom, and an inter- interesting next couple of weeks as we look forward. The yeah. Cowboys coming off of by no means devastating loss against the Philadelphia Eagles, perhaps one that they will look back on and say, we would have liked to have had that. It may ultimately be the one that cost them the division, unfortunately, uh, down the road. But with all of that, I thought the performance was encouraging against Philadelphia. Literally, as I I used as the, intro to my article on stats this week, literally a game of inches, you know, a, a foot to the right on uh Schoonmacher's, uh catch, uh, Dak not having his foot land just about three inches out of bounds. And this could have turned out an entirely different game. Micah Parsons, if he could have kept his hands on that fumble, uh, it was just so close, so close. It was obvious this team was competitive. They gave Philadelphia about all they could handle and were threatening down to the very last play. Uh, so, you know, they're, they are a competitive team with arguably the best team in the NFL right now. And now they've got to regroup. They've got to move ahead. And we have to remember the sky hasn't collapsed upon our heads. Uh, they're five and three. That puts them on track for a 10, 11 win season, which should get them into the playoffs. And if they, that, that needs to be the first goal, get there, then worry about the seating as things play out down the way. But first they needed to win some games and let's be frank. The next five games they have, could go a long way towards that, particularly the next four, Uh, you know, because it all starts with the New York football giants and their vaunted quarterback, Tommy DeVito. I mean, (laughs) I feel so sorry for them. From Taxi? uh, Tommy DeVito? (laughs) No, that was Danny DeVito. Maybe it's his dad. If he if they roll out a five foot six inch quarterback, we'll know. Um, so, but <laughs> any, anyway, 
Uh, you know, they, they've lost Daniel Jones to an ACL. Tyrod Taylor, they lost earlier. It's just, you know, they're, they're in – I mean, their season's pretty much over, I think. Uh, they've also got Matt Barkley as a backup, which, yeah, you know. And, and, you know, the only thing I fear is another case where the Cowboys somehow managed to make some unknown backup look magnificent. You know, as I mentioned, I think we're still both emotionally scarred by the Matt Flynn game. Uh, when he came out, just looked like a world beater for one NFL game and then disappeared into the sunset with the millions of dollars he earned because of that one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, let's just, let's say if they can get a convincing win over New York, they could get on a roll because after them, they face the one and seven Carolina Panthers on the road. And remember the giants are a home game. The Cowboys are doing very well at home this year. Uh, After the Panthers, they have the Washington commanders. Now they're four and five coming to town on Thanksgiving. Uh, It's a division game, which are always tough. Uh, I hope the signs are blaring that this is a potential trap game and so they don't let it become one. Still, you look at this, you think, okay, they could win this one. They should probably win this one. Then comes the the, the, the next really interesting game, and that's against the Seattle Seahawks. They're 5-3, and three, currently tied in their record with the uh, San Francisco 49ers who've gone on an inexplicable slump, I think. At least it's inexplicable to me. I don't know know them well enough to have any clue what's happened with them. But let's say at least they could get three wins out of four out of this little four-game stretch before they hit December. Because they kick off December after the mini bye week because the way it's the schedule is set, they play the Thanksgiving game against the commanders. Then they play Thursday night football against the Seahawks, which is kind of a good way to do it because then that gives them that little mini bye, that little 10 day stretch. Mm -hmm. And here come the Philadelphia Eagles rolling into AT&T stadium for the rematch, which you know, let's see if being at home makes a difference in the way that game turns out. Well, um, not only that, Philadelphia has a decent stretch of tough opponents between now and then that could put the Cowboys back in the conversation yeah, for that game it, to matter in their seedings. But that's a long way down the road, potentially. Yeah, and it's and Philadelphia has their bye week now, so they're only going to have three games before they roll in, come in against the Cowboys. But they got the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, still a team that you can, you know nobody can take as a given win. Uh, as long as you know, excuse, excuse, <laughs> excuse me. Um, as long as, as you got Patrick McCombs, yeah. As long as you got Patrick McCombs, and, and you know you think they're they're there's a they're going to have a shot at beating you. The Buffalo Bills, which have had a little stumble, but they're still a tough team. And then they have to play the 49ers. So this could be a game that's at least they're vying for the start for at least having a momentary tie for the NFC East. 
Uh, unfortunately, the last month of the season is the most brutal stretch of games for the Cowboys. They've got, you know, I uh, believe they've got the Bills, they've got the Lions, you know, in there, plus the Eagles. And, and, you know, so there's not a lot of easy wins there. Although they have the commanders there for the last game of the season, kind of as if they got to get one more win, then there's that to maybe get into the playoffs. Or it might well, even be. I agree. Be- like, it gets a lot harder down the road, but at least for, I think, as far as we can see down the road. This is an excellent opportunity for the Cowboys to potentially, A, make up some ground, B, get right in a couple areas. Because, yeah. you know, while things have been decent at times, I think Dak Prescott, especially over the last three games, has really opened things up. And and we'll get into why that maybe has been the case and what we'd like to see in this Giants game that they can work on. There are still things, Tom, that I that do need to be worked on. And this game against the Giants at home, in the afternoon specifically, there's one thing in particular I'd like to see the Cowboys work on as we get into that matchup. So, I mean, obviously, right, I think winning three of four of the next four, that's that's the given. The goal is to win four of four. Mm-hmm. But they have to win three of the next four if they yeah. want people to continue to think of them in the light that, I believe we are thinking of them right now, which is, hey, certainly they've got an opportunity and a chance to win the NFC and represent them for the Super Bowl. Well, That's all we want. Yeah, so let's kind of revert to our one game at a time mode, which you have to always have it at least in the back of your head, if not the forefront of your mind. Uh, you know, they're they're facing what is, frankly, a crippled New York Giants team at this point. Uh, even before having to roll out with DeVito as their quarterback, they were dead last in both overall offensive production and points scored per game with a bottom 10. Actually, I think they were the eighth most, uh, eighth poorest in yielding points per game. So, you know, you can score on them. Uh, you can stop them. You should be able to stop them. That's why the Cowboys are coming in with a huge 16-point uh, they're favored by 16 points. Uh, that's what the odds makers have them at. And I think they should be able to at least beat them by that much. Like you said, there's a lot of things to work on. One of the things, and it's, it's one of these good news, bad news things, the Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb connection has become red hot. I mean, Lamb has Great set he select he's yes, he set career best in yardage two games in a row. I was was threatening two hundred yards per game. Uh, I think he had one drop. Maybe he had that, he would have broken it. But uh, that's wonderful to have that connection that you can just go out there and pile on the yards and and move down the field. It just. Is it just me, though, or does it make you nervous when it's all on one connection in a league that, and I hate to even mention the word, gets people injured, you know? Well, well, not only that, in a league where the best teams have the ability to take away one of your weapons, uh, yeah. that's the part that, that is more intimidating. Obviously, the injury factor there, Tom, 
is there on every play. And for CeeDee Lamb, like as rail thin as he is at times or seems to me to be, he's wonderful at eluding taking a big shot. So he does a great job at that. But, yeah, I absolutely worry about the injury issue. Having said that, it's more concerning to think that, hey, against these – you know, potentially bad secondaries. And while the Eagles defense is good, I don't think their secondary is all that good. Uh, That's where they've kind of fallen off in their defense. If you want to pinpoint something, I I do fear a little bit what damage can be done against good secondaries, you know, against good cornerbacks. And it's, it, you, you can't really fault Dak on this because the past two games, he's completed passes to eight different receivers. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's spreading the ball around, but just keeps gravitating back to Lamb. And I don't know what's causing that. Is it just because that's who he sees open? Uh, is the scheme getting Lamb open better than anybody else? Uh, is this part Mike McCarthy's design? Is Mike McCarthy just rolling with the hot hand? You know, you get three completions to C.D. Lamb for good yards, and suddenly, well, let's dial up another one and see what. You know, I can understand that thought. But maybe this is a game, and maybe there's going to be a couple more here, where they can start trying to get some more people involved. Get Lamb off the field a little bit so that he is protected that way and give some of those – passes to other players the question is who now jake ferguson is obviously becoming one he had a great game against the eagles uh i can't remember what it was but he was up there in yards had a touchdown uh he's doing really well he's he's both uh just a a production receiver and he is uh i think he had the 40 yard reception that was the longest gain of the gain of the game for the cowboys yeah, he and had seven he, for 91. Both of yeah. those were career highs. Uh, tied yeah. a career high in catches, tied a career high in yards, tie, uh, set a career high in targets, right? But the thing to me about Jake Ferguson and his usage, and really it coincides with the Cowboys' offensive efficiencies here in the last three weeks. Prior to their game against the Chargers, he did not play in more than 72% of the snaps in any game offensively. In the last three games, the lowest percentage of snaps he has played is 80%. And against the Chargers, he played 86% of the snaps. Against Philadelphia, he played 89% of the offensive snaps. So they have made a concerted effort. And again, the highest snap percentage he played prior to that was 72%. That was back in week one, and usually he was right around 60%. So there is a massive increase in usage both, you know, in terms of his pass catching ability, his route running, and what they're utilizing him as just a, a blocking tight end. I'd like to see more of that again as we're looking to, and I hate using this word, right? Uh, but to try things out, I feel like they're going to have an opportunity to try some things against the Giants. If they don't, that's an even greater concern, I'm, I'm, right? I'm, I look at more as a chance to keep going with some things that maybe they tried and then went away from because it wasn't working. You know, one of the, I think 
I think it's safe to say that we're at least mildly disappointed with what they've done with Brandon Cooks. He had two targets and one reception. Uh, I think it was less than 10 yards against the Eagles. He he started to look like they were going to try to start working him in, and then all of a sudden they went away from him. Michael Gallup is still just not there yet. Uh, I don't know if he's just not 100% physically or, or what is going on, but he only had three targets and two catches against the Eagles. If there was a bright sign, it was that Jalen Tolbert finally showed up with uh, four for 49 and a t- – no, excuse me, three catches for 49 and a touchdown. And he had a 32-yard reception, which maybe this is being un- un- uh, un- ungentle- ungenerous of me or, or whatever – I'm wondering if you just have to – if Mike McCarthy just has a hard time seeing things until it's just right in his face. And so maybe now he sees, okay, here's somebody we can start working on. And, yeah, I would – believe me, it would it would please me greatly if, if all three of those guys wound up showing some more production. Uh, I don't know uh, – whether Cavante Turpin is still going to be in the mix because he uh, was held out in the walkthrough practice they had on Wednesday. He was injured uh, against the Eagles, and I haven't really seen a lot on exactly how bad it is and if they expect he's going to be back because they did have Rico Dowdle doing some return work so that Turpin wasn't. Uh, and and I, th- I think Turpin is another underutilized weapon. They ought to be trying to find ways to get the ball to him. It seems to me that Lamb ought to be a magnet for coverages now with the way he's receiving the ball, which ought to mean there's other open people. And it it there are times when Prescott maybe doesn't see an open guy. And and that's not always a knock on Prescott. Somebody pointed out the fact that on the uh uh the schoonmaker uh almost touchdown that Turpin was like wide open in the end zone. But if you looked at the geometry of it, you had a defensive end coming full speed on a direct line between Prescott. He couldn't, he couldn't see Turpin, you know, because was- like- support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com window there i saw the brian baldinger i think did the breakdown of that like on both sides of it but he yeah. didn't include 
what was happening at the line. And at the line, Dak Prescott was being bum rushed from that side and didn't really have a window to, to make that throw. That's a really good point. I will say, like, in regards to Michael Gallup, Turpin, Jalen Tolbert, the, the Cowboys kind of played their hand this week in admitting that they don't think any of those guys are going to be the answer because they went out and grabbed a guy that has not played in the NFL, Tom, in five years. Yeah. Now, I will disagree with you a little bit in the fact that I think they're they're taking a flyer on Martavius Bryant. Is I get did I get, did I get his name right? Because uh, no, I, I, no BS. It's Martavis. Bryant. Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I that's. I, I mean, I have not. I'd forgotten the guy was even in the league, and uh, I, I think this is them trying to find that that. Jim in the rough, diamond in the rough that they love to find. But I think this is more maybe a little insurance and let's just see what happens, you know, because they signed him to the practice squad. I would be greatly surprised if he was uh, called up this week, much less actually on game day. I think that's a future play. Maybe they're hoping maybe he could be something they can throw in into the playoffs or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, think you can put any any hope in it at all. He's 32 yeah, yeah. years old. He hasn't played since 2018. Yeah, he's 6'4", 210. But, I mean, again, like I, I get what you're saying. It's a flyer. But if they have confidence in their wide receiver room, Tom, they don't even bother making that call. They're not looking under every rock outside of the players that are – really like available on the waiver wire potentially right this is a name that no one had thought of or heard or heard from in several years now i understand that it was because of substance abuse abuse issues and all those things but even josh gordon right had a longer run post his substance abuse stuff than martavis bryan ever has so i mean forgive me right i'm just only speaking to the fact that like i think this is them admitting they didn't get the they didn't find the answer here and they don't have it in the room and I, I I don't – I still don't see it that way because I think this is just them being the Cowboys, always trying to zig when everybody else is zagging. And mm-hmm. I, I don't – and I don't read a whole lot into it. Uh, just as – to me, it's just like, okay, we'll see if he's still around uh, after the season is over, if they even bring him back for training camp. Well, it's like James Washington, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. You know. It could be one of those things or even less, you know, I do do think we need to mention there's another aspect of the offense they need to get something going with, and that's uh, the ground game. Yeah. yeah, it's been – now, situationally against the Eagles, the Cowboys got behind fairly early and may have been leaning more into the past because of that. But let's face it, the first possession – Run, run, and you know, pass, punt, because uh, they didn't succeed on the runs, and it's I, I, I don't know. Uh, they've got to try to get that going. The Giants are reasonably soft against the run; they allow 127 yards on the ground per game on average. Uh, and hopefully, the Cowboys will get a big lead and decide they want to hand the ball off a lot and can get some things going there. But I think that might be tied to the other offensive issue, which is, and, and I, I want to say offensive line, but 
let's be real. Last Sunday, it was really Terrence Steele. Um, he 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 was a turnstile. They were just blowing past him all game long, which kept Dak under pressure. He got sacked, I think, five times. And he was he would have been sacked more if he weren't so good at escaping and creating on the move. I I don't and I don't recall them throwing a tight end out there to help him, to help Steele, uh, which seemed to be this disease that develops at Dallas. That you got somebody that's struggling at tackle, then okay, let's make sure he stays on an island, and you know. We've seen it in the past, uh, and I just I, – I don't know why they aren't doing some more there. Uh, we're hearing now that Tyron Smith may not practice this week, uh, may not practice during the week at all. Uh, in the future, Mike McCarthy was talking about that on Wednesday, that he might just rest him and just let him come in because, heck, how much more does he need to learn? Well, he had the best game of his – of a season against Philadelphia, both McCarthy, Pro Football Focus agreed on that front. And, I mean, I thought he looked good. thought he looked and really I, good. And he didn't practice at all last week, I don't think. No. So, so, I mean, that could be the move. But, again, another glaring weakness rearing its ugly head. You know, yeah. if it's Terrence Steele and, to a lesser extent, Tyler Biotish has also not been very good this season. Not up yeah, to the he was, he's, form he's, he was. He's regressed a little bit. Yeah, he yeah, certainly has. Not up to the form he was a season ago. It's an indictment that, hey, they could have shored up this position a little bit more as opposed to trying to get somebody that, you know, is maybe going to help you stop the tush push, especially when he didn't yeah. do anything and, to make a difference. And I don't, know th- I don't know that that is stoppable. I don't know if you could put enough beef up there to stop it, to be frank. And, maybe not. I mean – yeah, do you think that should be illegal? You think I that play should be illegal? I I'm not going to come out and say yes. It definitely should. Uh, I don't think so. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's if they've got it, other teams should be able to develop the ability to do that. But why? Why should they they take that away from them just because Philadelphia has become so blasted good at it? Yeah. Uh, let it, it let sucks. it stay in there and let the other. The, the way to keep away from the tooth push is make sure they're facing third and fourth and fourth and four all the time and don't have a short enough yardage that they can try it. No. Um, now, defense, are the defense going to have any problems in this game, really? They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. And really, yeah. it should be – I mean, it should be a party for those guys. Like, it should be a showcase. Of- yeah. Celebrations in the end zone over turnovers, uh, potentially a turnover for a touchdown, a lot of sack opportunities, certainly a lot of hurries and pressures from that defensive line. Like Over the next couple of games, they should start to feel themselves a little bit. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they should get cocky. Yeah, Jordan Lewis had a pretty bad game against Philadelphia. He was not great. Yeah, we, we know how quickly it can turn. But, I mean, confidence is a huge thing for defensive players in the NFL. So from that standpoint, I'm really excited about what the next couple of weeks might bring as long as it comes with it, you know, a clean bill of health 
for these yeah. guys because that's probably my primary concern over the next couple of games no. is just keeping them as healthy as possible with the latest injury to Marquise Bell it, being it, one of uh, big yeah. concern. Yeah, it, and but Bell is one of their best players on defense right now, which you notice nobody's been in a dither at all about Leighton Vander Esch being out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably going to be back pretty soon. So that was a, a fine. Um, and I, is, is Bell on the injury report? I forgot. I didn't. My no, mind was... I, I haven't seen it yet. I mean. So I think he's going to, he's good to go this week, uh, which okay. they need him because he is really, he, he has been almost stunning with how well he's played and how many tackles he's getting and, and how he has adapted since he was a safety. And now he's coming in and just being a really stellar linebacker, which I think is partly a testament to his talent and partly a fi- facet of Dan Quinn's defensive approach with how he uses those hybrid safety linebacker types all the time, all over the game. So hopefully the defense isn't going to work up a sweat. So this is a game where they need to work out some of the issues and put a good performance in the game on the field. They are undefeated at home this season. They need that to continue because three of their, uh, three or four of their next five games are at home. And that I think is really important for them to get set up for that kind of grueling stretch in December. One other thing I'd like them to do, um, and you can perhaps do it late. Hopefully they built up a comfortable lead. This is something you can attempt in the third or fourth quarter. It'll probably have to be that time of the, of the day anyway, that you will need to attempt it, Tom, because that's about the time of day that that sunlight creeps through those end zones and makes for those very difficult to catch circumstances and situations where the ball gets thrown up in the air and players lose it in the lights. And this is an opportunity, I think, right? It sounds wild, but I do think there's some value in it to give these guys a chance to see what that's like in a moment and hopefully in a situation where there's not as much pressure because the game is already in hand against the New York Giants football team. Is there any – am I making any sense to that? Uh, yeah, I just – To like having me, that in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, it makes me curious because, yeah, the the Washington game would fit that. But their other three home games after the Giant after they play the Giants, they've got four more home games. Three of them are nighttime games. Well, it's not necessarily the regular season that I'm concerned about. It's the yeah, potential about- that you get stuck in an afternoon game, right? And it probably since, will never be Saturday afternoon. I mean, let's 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 face it. The wild card is the most likely path for the Cowboys right now. Things would have huh. to really change. For that not to be the way they wind up getting, and where do they down. like to put the Cowboys? Where do they like to put the Cowboys? The last and, game on the slot of the weekend, which is typically that Sunday afternoon game. Although the first weekend, remember that they play six games, not four, that first weekend because of the expanded format. Mm, yes, good point. Point. So yeah, and if they have a primetime game, you know they're always going to be eyeing the Cowboys for a primetime playoff game. Yeah, maybe not as much of a concern as it's been in the past for me, yeah. uh, given that. Okay, fair enough. Just, <laughs> thought, 
Like I said, it's interesting. I like that you're thinking out of the box, though. That's that's well, that's certainly something that I have never understood. They have curtains. The curtains exist. They have been used for other events. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's just that's that's one of the most ridiculous things. I just I, please don't get me started down that road. I'm, I'm very well I'm, to look. Very not well necessarily in a, you know coming off of the neat a lost eagles i'm not necessarily in the mood to get, go down looking at those things yeah uh if but, we want to sprinkle in some deuce vaughn in this game as well like if there's a value to him if you think he's got something to offer hey maybe this is the game to trot him out as well yeah that might be worth looking at uh it just kind of depends on on what they want to do. It's uh, if you've got a couple games that you ha- would have a shot to do that to find out if he's really got it or if he was just a failed experiment, uh, you know. And and understand that you know he got picked in the sixth round. Come on, if it doesn't work out, most sixth rounders don't work out. So yeah. that's not a real knock on the team, but uh, you know, I would love to see it them get something out of him. Maybe if they're not sure Turpin can go, maybe they roll Vaughn out as their return man. That's a possibility, but just I'm just into a thought. It. Yeah. Well, I think I mean I think there'll be opportunities for backups to play late in this game as we get down to it, because as you said, Vegas has them as 16 point favorites. So I think that number is bumped up to 16 and a half as of this recording. And I fully expect that number to be above a key number for betters, Tom. 17 points i expected to be above that number by the time this game kicks so and potentially rising even further i just don't see like knowing nothing about tommy devito right like he could be a world beater they don't have any weapons to throw to darren waller just went on ir yeah saquon barkley is potentially their best offensive weapon but the Cowboys can focus in on stopping him when they don't have any wide receivers that they have to worry about. The most hyped up wide receiver in Jalen Hyatt, the rookie, I suppose, was a guy who they thought could stretch the field. He has less than six catches on the season. Like he's been an invisible man. Darius, uh, Darius Slayton, I suppose, is their best, most capable wide receiver at the moment. Darius. Oh, Dar- Darius Slay? I thought that was defensive. Like, I'm just confused. <laughs> That's Darius Slay. Darius yeah, Slay <laughs> is a cornerback. Darius Slayton is okay. number 86 for the New York Giants. And I believe he leads the Giants in uh, receiving yards. Yeah, see, but, that shows how much I pay attention to, to other teams sometimes. I had completely forgotten he was there, too. Well, not only that, though. I mean, it, it would be forgettable given that I believe he's the team leader, and he has less than 500 yards. Okay, let me see this number. He is the team leader outside of Waller, who just got hurt. He had 384 yards receiving, Waller did. Darius Slayton has 316 yards receiving. The next best is Jalen Hyatt, who has 11 catches for 214 yards. And these are the most dangerous wide receivers and weapons that the Giants can offer. Yeah, I, I you, yeah. If the Cowboys don't dominate this game, then we may have to talk about our worries next week. So, Ooh. well, let's hope they don't have to do that. They take care of business, and we are looking forward to a game against the one and eight potentially Carolina Panthers 
as uh, they get revved up for that, another get right game. So for Tom, I'm Roy. You guys get right on the Cowboys. Stay riled up out there, and we'll see you next Thursday.